Welcome, everybody, to episode 31 of the Beyond Red and Blue podcast. I'm your host, Bo Richards, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Dan Humphrey. Greetings and salutations. We hope everybody is doing well today. Um, We have a special guest. He's a, a close friend of ours and someone we're excited to talk to. So without further ado, we have Thomas Wang. Wang. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for. Thanks I hope for, I'm uh, special enough. <laughs> no, you definitely you are. You made the cut, brother. I uh, I contemplated when when I wrote your interview, which was of course just to say your name. I was actually not even going to include your first name. I was just going to call you Wang. <laughs> That's what most people know me by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, so we're definitely excited to have you on, and uh, um, yeah, I guess we can get started. Uh, people can't see because we're uh, we're uh, um. We do the, uh, the the audio and not the video, but uh, you got some uh, some puffy cheeks. Tell us about. Uh, did you get some dental <laughs> surgery recently? Yeah, I got I got some dental uh, surgery. I got three teeth extracted and got oh my bone goodness. grafts on uh, on Friday, so it's still painful uh, half the day, and then you know my cheeks are swollen and stuff. So that's not fun. And uh, you know, additionally, before that, I got the first dose of the COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all together, it's just not great. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Not great. Yeah. It's not How a long small amount of surgery and shit. No. Yeah. How long are you out of yeah. commission for? Um, this probably just a week for this. I get I get uh the stitches taken out next week and then um and then I gotta go back in a few months for screws and then the implant after that, because I have to get the teeth implanted. Okay. Yeah. It sounds yeah. it sounds horrible. All of that sounds Yeah, horrible. it 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 is absolutely horrible. Um you, you know, you got to take care of your teeth, you know. Yeah. Um I bl- I brush and floss every day, but you know, that's not enough. <laughs> that's not enough, you know. What so. what do the dentists recommend you do nowadays? <laughs> Besides that, that's all um, I've ever been told to do. So. so so I eat pretty good during the week, but on the weekends I just binge on sugar and and pizza and i definitely you know on saturday night i will eat until 10 o'clock and then just go to bed and um i won't brush my teeth you know yeah uh, and i'll get to that sunday morning but it's it's not a good idea don't don't binge on binge on sugar you know dude that sounds like my yeah. meal plan right now it's been my covid <laughs> meal plan i do brush my teeth before i go to bed but everything else yeah i'll, I'll eat junk food late at night yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that's my mistake yeah i think that's most people's covid diet right now is uh we've talked a bit about this on previous podcasts but I think like the average American, there was like a poll that was done and the average American recorded that they had gained like 26 pounds or something. Yeah. Oh, that's quite a bit. No. That yeah. It was, like, it was something crazy. Like it, it may be high, but yeah. I vaguely remember that being the number and it was because people are just eating and I'm going to say it again just to, to make people feel bad, but um, I'm actually <laughs> down in weight. I weighed myself <laughs> while waiting for to get my because I got my COVID vaccine, uh, yeah. my second shot yesterday, and I was while I was waiting for the nurse, I stepped on the scale, and uh, I'm down to 156 pounds. Oh wow, that's down that's a good weight. <laughs> uh, it's hard to say. Um, 
I was like a buck 65, probably like six months ago, I think. Um, maybe not quite that long ago. We, I think we talked about it like, uh, a few podcasts ago, like maybe it was like three months ago. Um, but the last time I really remember my weight was, um, when I competed in the June before last. Yeah. So the in one the before that times. I went to, right? Yeah. And I was, uh, 172. Yeah. Point five. Oh wow, one seventy-two. Well, wow, that was a I big think they difference. reflected that in that study because there was a category for people that gained weight, but there was also a chunk that lost undesirable weight, or yeah, they lost weight but they weren't trying to, basically. So, yeah, hmm. I have I have not been necessarily trying to lose weight. I've been trying to not gain weight, um, and m- mostly I've just been trying to eat better or differently. Maybe better is not the right term. I I think better sort of subjective unless you're binging on sugar all the time, like say on the weekends in, in, in Wayne's yeah, case. Yeah. And then eating better is pretty clear. Like you just cut out sugar and that's arguably going to be better. But um, I've changed my diet a bit, but it, yeah, it's weird being down like f- maybe five to 10 pounds. I'm not quite sure. I don't feel smaller. Do you feel better? Uh, yes. Um, oh, good. Yeah. So I was, uh, talking about this before we started recording all this, but I've been waking up at like three, four o'clock in the morning every day for the past like week or two. And what I've noticed the last two or so years, three years since I've started to do like keto style, low carb diets and things like that is that, um, my sleeps is probably as common, but my sleep cycle is uh, cyclical. So in the winter time, I'm more likely to sleep in a little bit later. So usually like six o'clock maybe. Um, but as spring and summer roll around, I start to get up as it gets, not only does it gets lighter out, but as it like animals start to get up. And so like, hmm. I, I was like wide awake at three in the morning and wow. like birds aren't even awake and like chirping making noise yet. and chirping yeah. yet. Yeah. But I, like, I was just wide awake and that's probably going to continue until October. Oh, Wow. Man, I'm just going to so early. Well, you <sighs> normally get up at like five or something, right? You're, you're in early. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't used an alarm in, uh, two years. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, I don't use an alarm at all. And in particular, yeah, it's, I think it's actually, it's at least been since COVID started, but I'm pretty sure it was the year prior. It's hard to remember anything in okay. the before times, yeah. but, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, I wasn't using one then either. And, uh, I just, cause at worst, my girlfriend will get up at like six 30 and that's fine. And so I know that like, I'm not going to sleep in until I need to do something. It's like, that's still pretty right. early. But I, yeah. I frequently get up way before then and stretch. And when I get up at three, it's like I basically do everything I need to do for the day before my girlfriend even gets up. Wow. I, you know, it's like I said three right. hours. Like, yeah, it's yeah. um. but after doing it for like a week or two, like I'm exhausted. Your, your body right. can only handle like five hours of sleep for so long until you're like in your 60s when you don't yeah. need that much sleep. Like as you get older, you need less sleep apparently. And so you'll see. 67, 80 year olds who will get up that early and, or get five hours of sleep and be fine. But when you're in your thirties and forties, it's that eight hours is key. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's been a pain though. I really don't like it. Cause like I lay down, I'm like, I want two hours more sleep and then I can't, I just can't, I'm too wired. Um, Oh, sorry to hear that as someone who sleeps quite well. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I sleep well until then, like I pass out and I I don't, I barely wake up. Like my sleep's been great. Um, for the last few years, I highly recommend anyone who has bad sleep, uh, who's listening to, uh, 
to try and I don't necessarily enjoy elimination style diets, but cut out carbs and sugar or at least non-toxic yeah, carbs. So that, that's very, out, very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So cut out carbs that aren't fruit. Like you could eat fruit right. and probably be fine. But, um, and I, I promise, I'm sure that your sleep habits will change because mine did. Mine changes drastically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you recently tweaked your diet, didn't you? You were doing uh, yeah. something keto ish and then we're making adjustments. How, how are you doing on that now? Yeah. So um, I switched from like a low carb keto style diet to a uh, um, what is it's like a carnivore light. I think it's what it's referred to often. Because are you eating vegetables? No. So, uh, no. well, I mean, I eat avocado, but that's technically a fruit. And then I, I do okay. eat a sweet potato. I do eat sweet potato from time to time. Um, okay. bas- basically, what my diet consists of is meat, eggs. Um, I take a, a desiccated, uh, um, like, beef organ supplements, mostly mm-hmm. because I don't want to drive to double D's meats in the area here to, to buy organs all the time. Um, and so I just buy the supplements cause they're the same thing. And then, uh, dates, okay. dates are amazing by the way. No one's ever had a date, eat a date. They're fucking delicious. <laughs> and if it also, this is a side tangent that has to do with dates, take like real butter. You could probably take a vegetable spread, but I use real butter. Um, and then cut open a date and then put a piece of butter inside of it, like a little chunk of butter, and then eat that. It tastes amazing. It's it's what I think crack tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done crack, but, but I have to assume that it's like what crack tastes they're so They're so good. Um, I just see boy hitting the pipe. Hmm, fig. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, avocado uh, and uh, cheese. That's really about it. Um, Wow. That's pretty low carb, man. Yeah, it's very low carb. Well, yeah. so um, so I actually have about a hundred grams of carbs a day, which I, for the standard American diet, that's actually a low amount of carbs. Yeah. If anyone ever eats a, like a normal like diet, that whatever it is that the America um, uh, set, recommends, you probably have like five hundred carbs in a day. Like it's it's absolutely mm-hmm. absurd. Um, so a hundred is not a lot, but like a keto diet, you want less than 20. So it's quite a bit more, oh, wow. but the, the difference is like the toxicity in the foods. Most plants that you eat like vegetables, they're toxic. That's partly why we boil shit is because you need to like remove some of the toxins from the food. Um, it's also to soften them up and stuff like potatoes aren't as fun to eat when they're raw, right? <laughs> as, as opposed to like mashed, of course, but in part you're like especially with se- uh, f- vegetables and fruits that have seeds in them, vegetables in particular that have seeds, you w- you need to boil it so that the seeds break down and like the toxins in them go away. Um, most vegetables are actually quite toxic. And so you have too much of them and people tend to get sick or they develop allergies and things like that. So fruits aren't necessarily like that. Most ripe fruits are specifically designed to be eaten, not to not be eaten. And so um, I have a little bit of fruit, uh, and then things like uh, avocado uh, also don't have uh, very low toxins. And then sweet potatoes have a, have a, a, a it's a little toxic, but I like sweet potato fries. So, oh, um, sweet potatoes like in general too. are good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, like mash, yeah, mash, mashed yams is really good. That's, They're similar. That's my so, diet this week is just mashed. Yeah, <laughs> so, mashed potatoes. Um, I just have a tub. 
<laughs> it's yeah, it, it's I love this stuff, and so I don't I don't do potatoes yeah. themselves. There's a difference between sweet potatoes, yams, and mashed potatoes, or just regular potatoes. And I I don't know exactly. I haven't looked into what the difference is, but the toxicity levels are apparently different. And so, because they're technically a different kind of food, um, like a different okay. kind of vegetable, they're a different fa- family or something, I guess. But uh, yeah, well, technically, sweet potatoes and yams. A sweet potato is. A yam, it's a different type of yam, so they are they are the yeah, same. Yeah, right. They're and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but yeah. And so introducing, the, go ahead. Aside from the the toxicity issue, a sweet potato gives you a much lower glycemic response. That yeah, that's it. Yes, and that so it's it aids in satiety. You're not going to get hungry quite yeah. as fast, but most importantly, it's not going to shoot your insulin up. So sweet exactly, potatoes yeah. are awesome. And that's that's one of the things that I've been reading about is that uh, that glycemic hit is is key with redu- with a lot of the foods that I'm the uh, fruits that I'm eating, so that you don't get that insulin spike. Um, well, yeah, even uh, even your uh, your fig with the butter is going to help with that, yeah. Because the the fats in the butter are going to slow uh, mm-hmm. how quickly it's all absorbed in the gut, yeah. And therefore, slower glycemic response. So that's all good right, stuff, yeah. man. But it, it's been nice. I uh, so I'd mentioned before on the podcast that I. I switched to a keto because I had um, stomach and like bowel issues, and uh, that like fixed the problems. Mm. And uh, oh, so I was, wow. yeah, like completely. And so I was worried that adding carbs back to my diet, especially like a high amount, because I was doing like ten net carbs or ten total carbs a day at one point. You know, very, very, very low. Yeah, it's like well, if I if I you know I have one date, and that's more carbs than I would have in like three days on a keto diet. Because there's, you know, right. maybe two days. Like there's a good number of natural sugar in it and stuff. And I haven't had, I've had zero problems. Oh. No problems whatsoever. That's good. Because so um, I've heard, uh, you know, when people go keto, they have, they start to get those bowel issues right away. Um, yeah. Well, so what happens typically is people tend to experience one of two things. They either experience a, a constipation or diarrhea when they change. Oh, okay. Oh, um, and okay. it's it's near as I understand it. It's basically a, uh, just a, a body, like a, a, the physiological response to the shock you're giving your body by changing the fuel that you feed it. Right. Cause you have okay, fuels, yeah. car- carbs are fat. And so when you change that drastically, your body's like, Holy shit, what do I do? And then your insides freak out. Um, oh, okay. I had issues before that, um, with, uh, passing food and, um, it was very uncomfortable and, um, painful and uh i I haven't quite figured out i actually think as i try different types of uh um diets like low carb and then this uh uh, um low toxicity fruits and stuff with heavy meat and fat consumption i think it was a toxin issue i think that okay just my body is uh was basically telling me like we my body's like, I really don't like when you ingest all of these like high toxicity vegetables and processed carbs and stuff. Like stop it. Um, (laughs) it took years for me to figure that out. Like I've been dealing with that issue off and on for, I don't know, 15 years, but it was never regular enough to be a problem. And then it started to become more and more regular over uh, a couple of years ago. Like instead of like once or twice a year, I'd have these problems. It was sustainable for like three months and i was like i need to change something like i can't wow. keep walking around like this it hurts you know right and, um, and especially when you're grappling and you're having you know uh, stomach and bowel issues it's oh it's not really fun <laughs> to like to like roll around you know I, um, belly. I have <laughs> i've had um 
I've had bowel issues, you know, before, and I've been so lucky not to have that while rolling. Oh, like, it's, I, I mean, I've had, I don't know how I've been so lucky because, yeah. you know, people are smashing you, you're rolling around, you know, two mm-hmm. hours and, you know, there, there may have been one time I ran out and just went home. I don't remember, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, what else are you supposed to do? I'm not going to go to the bathroom, stink it up for everyone, you know? Yeah. I, uh, to date, the worst injury that I think I've ever had, and, well, the most painful injury. I, I hurt my neck and it didn't, it was kind of, it was pretty bad. I ended up having to go to the chiropractor for two years and um, I couldn't move for a couple of days, but the, the worst like immediate pain was when someone tried to like open my guard and they put their knee in between my tailbone, but instead they just like cornholed me with their knee and okay, like, I was having bowel issues. And so like, Jeez. Oh, it was really, wow. it's really, it's really sensitive. So I just got a knee to the butthole and it was like, I almost cried. It was oh, so bad. Like, I couldn't stand up for like 20 minutes. I, and I didn't say anything. I just like kept moving, but I refused to get off my back. Cause I couldn't, I, I couldn't like sit up. And so I was just kind of like in this weird, like open guard prone position, like not able yeah. to really move. And I'm just like, just come on. Like I just keep going. You know, like I'll be fine. <laughs> We're working guard I've today, listened, people. <laughs> I've listened to, to this podcast before and I've heard you talk about, you know, you being injured. And every time I hear that, I'm just like, God, I hope that wasn't me. That was your partner. <laughs> no, I don't remember who it was. It's, it, um, oh. I actually, I actually have no idea, but, uh, uh, cause it was, uh, I, it was either right when I got my blue belt or like late in my, my white belt. So like maybe it was like a four stripe white belt. So this would have been like okay. going on like four years ago now. Um, and I have oh, like wow. no recollection of who all I remember is just the pain. Ouch. You know, just the sharp pain. Like, yeah, uh, you actually, yeah. like, you know, stab yourself with a knife or something. That's what it felt like. Yeah. But yeah. In the oh, downstairs you know, I just, places. I just realized, I don't think we mentioned this in the intro, but for all of our listeners, uh, Thomas is a training partner of ours oh, yeah, that's at right. Evergreen <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu. So that's why we're talking Jiu-Jitsu stuff. We train together. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, going on a long time now. Yeah. So. That actually is a good segue into what we ask all of our jujitsu guests, which is, uh, how did you get started in jujitsu? Well, um, I've, I've sort of known about jujitsu, um, you know, since the UFC started, but I really started watching, um, when, uh, Anderson Silva was fighting and I, and I, you know, the striking thing was never for me. I just, I'm not gonna go in there and get hit, you know? Um, but I saw him submit people and I saw, you know, that was around the time BJ Penn and, and all these guys were doing jujitsu and submitting people. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And, um, you know, when Verdum submitted Fedor after being knocked down and, um, Mm -hmm. just off his back, I thought it was just so humiliating for Fedor, right? You (laughs) knock a guy down, you go and finish him and you get choked out, you know, or armbarred in that case, I think, or both. Um, but I thought jujitsu was just so cool for that factor. And, you know, I've been thinking about it for, you know, embarrassingly, probably four or five years before I actually walked in. Um, I think that's more normal than you might think. Okay. I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I think about it and I, and I search, and I'm just like, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to walk into a gym full of people who are killers and, you know, be like, Hey, I want to learn to be a killer too, you know? 
it just it just very intimidating for me um and so i emailed I, when i finally uh was able to get the courage i emailed a few schools and um and whitney uh Bri- uh you know brian's wife answered me back and you know said why don't you come in and i came in and it was honestly it was the most friendly environment and um i couldn't be happier so i just stuck with it and you know at first i was training like four days a week when i first started (laughs) because i loved it so much (laughs) sure nice nice yeah uh, brian and uh, has managed to cultivate probably the friendliest gym environment that i've ever oh yeah yeah, Brian is such a good teacher, you know, and yeah. um, that's part of the reason. And, you know, and, you know, after rolling and training uh, four, four days a week for a little bit because you're so addicted at first, you know, and then life gets in the way. But, you know, what keeps me sticking around is honestly just a family environment that it has. You know, we all hang out together. We all go out to eat, you know, stuff like that. And so. Yeah. I really like that about our gym too. Yeah, me Very too. Cool. It's uh, it's nice to I to have such a a close group of individuals that uh, they're in the gym. We don't we don't have any assholes, right? And and the ones that we had kind of just leave after the first day anyway. Yeah, so. they um, I you know some gyms will have a, a good mix. Hopefully, not a good mix like a a lot of nice friendly people and then like some assholes. And I've noticed that over the years, it, you know, we've had people over the years that I, I'm blanking on any names, but um, where they're, you can just tell that they don't fit in and they just sort of mm-hmm. migrate elsewhere. Right. Right. You know, it, it, which is, which is fine. Um, but uh, I, yeah, and I think that goes back to Brian. Like he's yeah, the most Brian's laid back. Really- he might actually be the most laid back human I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. His he's pretty back. laid back and he handles like conflicts and situations really well in the gym too. Um, yeah. You know, he has a way of doing that and I don't know, and he's a really good teacher the way he he teaches the technique and talks and stuff is very technical. Yeah, no very so, true and he uh he's mentioned he he mir- uh, mirrors that off of uh of how Marcelo Garcia likes to teach. Right, he's, right. Uh, he's a big fan of uh, how Marcelo conceptualizes things, and it I think it works. Um, right. It'll be fun because I, I'm uh, I'm developing a, a different way to teach um, for when we open, because we'll be opening soon. I, uh, an email has not gone out to people yet, but I'm expecting that the first week of April we will be open. Oh, wow. Um, so early. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, – wow. But uh, I'm excited to I'm always I always like trying new things and I'm excited to try a different style of teaching to in, in particular okay. to see how it meshes with how Brian teaches. Right. Giving okay. people different um, different ways to learn, I think, is important. Right. So you're going to go with more Absolutely. like a Cobra Kai type of vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, out if that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I'm teaching the kids, Wang, so you don't have to worry about oh, it. But okay. you oh, will have to God. worry about grappling with the kids when they show up to the when they storm the adult classes. Because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to, um, we are going to have a clan, and we are going to train 
without no one know, you know knowing because it'll just be me teaching them and then we're going to randomly storm adult classes at night with the parents permission of course and I'm, my kid my my youths are just going to run roughshod over all of you nice adults with they probably will they probably will make sure and let me know i got to be there for that just, i just walk in with like with like 60 to like 10 and 12 year olds <laughs> it's like who's ready you know, to I, die? I won't be surprised no, I'm not, um, I'm not, you know, <laughs> they could beat me. I remember uh, walking into, you know, my first week of jujitsu and, you know, there was a 15, 16 year old girl there and, you know, she tossed me around like I, I you know, like nothing. So talking about Hadley. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was so, it was just like easy for her. It's like, you know, she was I, good I'd, too. Yeah. Yeah. I had wrestled before and stuff and I, I knew that was going to happen. You know, I knew I was going to get tossed around by everybody. And if I, if I went in there and actually beat people on my first week, I'd be like, this might not be the gym for me, you know? Yeah. That's, um, a, good, that's but, a good way to look at it. You're absolutely but, um, right. But, you know, I got tossed around by everyone, which I was, you know, I, I kind of liked, you know, I kind of liked that, um, mm-hmm. you know, so as a white belt, you know, that's, you're not expected to do much anyway. So, yeah. um, so I learned you, a lot. You would, uh, mentioned wrestling and I was told by, uh, one of our mutual friends to ask you if you have any wrestling experience, because apparently there was a story where <laughs> you were asked if you had wrestling experience and you said, no. And, I uh, never said that. Brian Brian seems to think I said that one time, and I, and, I don't think I ever did. It was, I was I, it doesn't really count, but you know, of course it so counts. I actually, if you wrestle, that yeah. counts. And I uh, I was actually sent photographic evidence of this as proof. <laughs> so um, I unilaterally decided uh, that your uh, profile picture for the podcast is going to be your high school. <laughs> wrestling picture you, in how do you have that one i don't what i might have posted that one before yeah i think someone found time. it the internet like, is forever Wayne. oh no yeah i i did wrestle i totally in high school, kid but, yeah. yeah yeah but that was a and long I, time ago no very true and i, I totally kid I, if dan doesn't want to i won't put it up but dan you should probably agree to no, it's t- use it uh, it's, as totally his, uh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally fine i, I don't care um, but yeah, that, um, wrestling was brutal back then, but you know, sure. Pretty sure um, it still is. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was conditioning wise. It was just so brutal. You know, I could only do two years so that, mm-hmm. you know, so that's why I say it doesn't really count. I did two years and the third year I, I didn't do it anymore. That still counts though. Two years is of, re- of wrestling is a solid two seasons, Yeah. Absolutely. Well, two so- seasons. So, yeah. That's still a solid foundation. Each. I mean, yeah. I did, I did wrestling from about five to about twelve. Oh, so okay. I was pretty young, and it was just yeah. seasonal. I didn't, and I didn't do con- like I did whatever the tournaments were when you did the youth program in my city. I didn't do like regional or travel very far or anything yeah. like that. I, and I was horrible at it. But and then I didn't do it for you know almost twenty years until I started jujitsu. Oh, wow. Not quite that long, yeah. about eighteen. No, I guess sixteen years. But I still retained some of that. Yeah, yeah. Mat, the mat sense you develop just from doing something di- so difficult like that. You know, um, what uh, what year did you start jujitsu? 
2013, uh, last week of July. Okay. So nice. You're going on eight years. Time. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's a bear. I should be a lot better than I am <laughs> at it. <laughs> but yeah, it's been going on eight years now. Eight years. And eight have you years, always, yeah. have you always trained, uh, I assume you haven't always trained four days a week. Uh, no, that was like at first, like I remember, um, when I was going at first, I thought I wasn't allowed to go to the adult classes cause I was a beginner. So I just started going to two beginner classes or, or three, one adult and two beginner classes a week. And then Brian's yeah. like, Oh no, you can come. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I would go in on Thursdays too. Cause that's when Thursdays were happening. And Brian was teaching Thursdays and, yeah. um, I mean, it would, sometimes it'd just be me and Brian. You know, mm-hmm. Ooh, free so private. Would, That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I went in on Labor Day, you know, that year I went in. I think it was that year. And, you know, I, I just loved it then. I loved I'd walk in with basketball shorts. Remember when basketball shorts were like um, super like low to your ankles? I'd walk in and grapple in those. Um, I do. I do yeah. remember that. I, I thought yeah. that we as a culture decided to forget the year that those were popular. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had so many I am embarrassed to say I had so many pairs of those, but I did walk into the gym uh and grapple with those once in a while with just like a Nike workout top. So Jesus God. Yeah. <laughs> that works. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing, but you know. You know, and then um I don't know, I just started going three days a week and then, you know, went from there, right? Yeah. Nice. Have you gotten much training in during a lockdown? Yep. I have. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's a leading question. I know I've been over it, but yeah. <laughs> you've got a really nice spot, man. I, I just want to give you I props for, I appreciate your, uh, that. Yeah. Um, I set that up, uh, when I moved in, I wanted to have a designated area to, to work out. And, um, so it really helped during, during some of the times where I wasn't able to leave the house like even during the snowmageddon two years before the lockdown or a year before the lockdown. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, it's, it's great because one of our training guys, uh, training partners and coaches, Chris, um, he lives less than a mile from me. So yep. he makes it over, you know, and we, uh, we grapple, but that's like at six thirty in the morning. Crazy. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to talk both of you into turning that into a, <laughs> Into a class. An official, you know, official gym class. Yeah. At, yeah. at the gym. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Though no, we'll see how that goes. I know it's, uh, we'll it's, it'd very be, early. It's, a, it's early and it's a little bit out of both of your ways to drive into the gym that early and then go back home and then go to work. Um, right. Right. But, oh, well, so but you're trying pro- to set up morning classes for evergreens that you're saying? Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh-huh. cause I, I, I would like that. I mean, if I'm, I'm always up that early, so it would be nice to go in and train. Right. Um, well, how come you wouldn't be teaching them then? I mean, maybe, but I, I maybe I would. But since they were, I asked them both because they both were already doing this. And I was like, hey, like, why don't you guys just do it in the gym so that I could go? Like, why are yeah. you guys got to be selfish about this stuff? Like, <laughs> assholes. Oh, we got big mats. We got it all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's yeah, a bigger mat. True. There's probably there's there's you know it's it's I'll be there. It's it's better. 
yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Like, you know, maybe I can get you paid. I don't, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd like to do morning classes. I know most gyms do them. It's not for everyone, of course, because people. Yeah, I'm surprised like at how many how many morning classes people are having. Like I uh, I follow because we follow um, everyone's you know the other gyms on on Instagram and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of them do have morning classes. So it's yeah, it's common with uh, heavy competitive schools, oh, schools that okay. have have a couple of people in them that are very competitive and uh, like train full time because they'll come right. in in the morning and train and then do either a midday or a night class or both. I guess it depends on what they're trying to do and their, you know, uh, their durability because doing three classes, doing the two hour sessions three times a day can five, six days a week can be really hard on the body. Um, But yeah, we're bound to get early risers Right by by marketing um, over time, it, it it just takes time yeah. and the the right amount of marketing. You know, I, I know we used to do before I jo- joined the gym, but I know we used to do noon or eleven o'clock classes, but we stopped right. that for because I think people you know, didn't come. But when I when I joined, we had so many classes. Mm-hmm. We had more times. It was Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. And then yep. they got rid of Saturdays, got rid of Thursdays. Yeah, uh, enrollment went down. I mean, yeah. a lot of people, because uh, most of, you know, because we're uh, not a competitive gym. And so most of, right. uh, so I think in part because of that, you know, the average age of our adult program is not in the 20s. You know, it's in the 30s right. or 40s. And um, you tend to peter out of competitions, I think, as you get into your 30s in particular, and probably definitely in your 40s. And... So, you know, people got families. Yeah. Like Brian in particular, like, you know, our, our head instructor had has had two kids in the last four years, you know. And so right. he went from doing 15 hours of teaching a week to not 15 to way less because he's got kids. It's like he, he doesn't have the time, two, you know. Four. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, and fair enough, you know, that's yeah. what happens when you have a newborn and a four-year-old. You, you kind of got to take a step back. And um, I was actually thinking about it the other day. When I joined, it'll be five years actually in May. Um, oh wow! There's only a few people left from when I joined. You, Hawaiian Chris, Trino, mm-hmm. uh, Sean. I think. Uh, well, Sean, but he left the gym. Yeah, but yeah. Still, yeah Sean, right. Sean's still training. But um, and then maybe uh, let's see. I think Ken, Robin, Keith are still around, but. They were coming around more then than they are now, um, but that, huh. that's really it. And you guys were all some of the first students that he had, but of the students yeah. Brian's had over the last you know eight years or whatever, or however long he's been doing this for, um, you guys are a fraction of the people who started. It's crazy that how the turnover occurs over time. You know, yeah, it was crazy because the first time I walked in, there the gym was full. Full yeah. and every, and I felt like everybody was a blue belt. Like my my first week, like it was yeah. just full. There wasn't enough room in that old church. Yep, you know. So I was the only white belt when I I was actually the only white belt when I uh, um, when I signed up. At least the first like month of classes that I went to, um, 
Josh, uh, what's his last name? I think his name was Snyder. Um, yeah, he yeah. was. Uh, he got his blue belt like either the day I was my first day there, or like the the next time I I, I went. He got his blue belt like immediately, and I was the only white belt for like a good month or two, and um, maybe even longer. And it it was super intimidating because everyone is nice and as low key as they were was very good. And, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely hard. And then even when we got a few white belts in after I'd been there for a while, like I still just got smashed and I still get smashed. I don't, you know, it's not even, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all do. I mean, there was, (laughs) I things started to get better. And then, some dude came from a Gracie Baja school and started smashing me. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was doing pretty well. I I was doing pretty well. Um, I was, you know, not getting choked out as much. I could breathe on the bottom. I knew some escapes and then you fucking came along. (laughs) Just try to help, man. Yeah. That's, that's very, well, quit it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's yeah, it's um, it's been interesting to see the uh, the the ebb and flow of the gym over time, and um, we'll actually be a, officially opening five classes a week, Monday through cool. Friday. Cool. Uh, did you start, uh, did, Bo? Did you start at the at the old church or at the new location? A uh, new location. So. Oh, okay. Because uh, I remember my first memories of you are probably at the old church after the new location. Yeah. Burnt. Yeah. So uh, I had been to the old location because of the, the fire here in Bothell a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, uh, um, the actual gym didn't have a fire. There was a fire about a half a block up across the street, but the fire department set up on main street and they were right in front of the gym and the hose was going over a bunch of the buildings on main street to put the fire out on the building that was on fire. And so, um, the, our building actually flooded, because of the excess water that came off the fire, the fire hydrant, the fire hose. Um, and so uh, we had to move out for, I don't know, a good, maybe four months, something like that. Three yeah, months. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, to set the stage for the listeners, um, downtown Bothell, where we're at, um, the, the main street that Bo is mentioning is kind of the original part of the town towns at 100 150 years old or something like that so it's all the cute little buildings that have been there for 70 80 100 years whatever um but when you look at them to think that there would be a fire on that block is really scary it's like oh shit everything is going to burn up right away because it's all old um so that uh, that fire was a big deal i remember that made you know obviously made the news and everything but uh yeah yeah, they a little bit of water damage determine. is kind of lucky. Yeah. Yeah, no, for us, because there was, um, like I said, we're about a half a block in from the end of the block, uh, away from the fire. And um, I think maybe the bank that used to be there next to us had some water damage, but that was it. But like one entire building that had 16 businesses in it burnt to the ground. And the one next to it had a bit of damage. Like there, we, we lost a, a lot of businesses. It was a little, a tiny little complex um, that was like three, two stories. And uh, they never did find out. They never did determine because it was speculated that what caught on fire was an apartment complex that was being built or like a condo, a big, like eight story condo unit. It's it's now finished, but it was massively behind schedule and it was like $50 million over budget. And it was like 
I don't know, an eighth of the way done. They had just started like the third floor and they only had the shell and it burned down. So they brought an ATF to uh, to check out if like there was any foul play because it burnt so hot. It burnt so hot, the fire did, that it melted the crane that they were using to like lift shit up. It melted a mm-hmm. crane. Wow. And so wow. as I understood it at the time, um, the, the only way that could happen is if it was a chemical fire. Yeah. Like you couldn't okay. have just like lit a, lit a bunch of wood on fire and then left and then like the frames burnt down. Like it had to be a chemical fire. And uh, so they made their determination, but basically they were like, we can't determine if it was arson. So the, hmm. like the, the foul play we cannot determine, but I believe it was strongly suspected that someone who, for the construction company that was hired to do this, started it. Insurance because they were, bu- sure. yeah, they weren't able to prove it, but and so I, you know, I don't know, and it's entirely possible that it was just an accident. Someone left some chemicals out, and a fire started. But um, I have a strong suspicion, given how apparently how much behind budget they were, because fifty million is a lot, that um, that someone started it to not only collect on the insurance, but to also get. Uh, I think part of the problem was like the city was being difficult with permitting and. Like there was just mm-hmm. a lot of like bureaucratic stuff. And I think this just sped everything up. Oh, wow. The government. I didn't like know those details. Government. It, I only, it was, this came up like, cause this happened like f- four years ago now. It's, um, it's been quite some time, but, uh, and I used to like, I, I had heard some speculatory rumors about it. So none of this could actually be true. This is just, I heard this from multiple people. Um, who live near Bothell and know people in city council and that kind of thing. Um, and who were on like the chamber and stuff. And that seems to be the case is that um, the general consensus is that someone did this and, uh, right. or at least that was, that was the case then. I don't know. I mean, if, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that, that narrative has been corrected and changed uh, since then, because again, like this is all stuff that I heard second, third hand <laughs> 44 years ago. But um, given what what did happen and how bad the damage was, I think that was it. But yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. It was nice for us to have a space, though, to go to um, in the interior. Like, that was space. really cool. Yeah, the space was space. Uh, the space was pretty big. Um, one of the yeah, things where was that, that, yeah, at? that was that was before I showed up at Evergreen. Well, it's like a block yeah. or two over. So oh, okay. um, it's a, it's at a place called the Rebecca Lodge, uh, and that is actually on the other side. So if you're um, if you walk out the front door of our gym, the the police station's a block over. Mm-hmm. It's behind the police station, and it's this big old building. It says Rebecca Lodge on it. There's a yoga studio that rents it out now because one of the businesses that was burnt down was the yoga studio on Main Street. Um, the Rebecca Lodge, it, it's like a it's similar to like the uh, Fraternal Order of the Eagles. Okay. Or like I have Kessler's to have seen it because I, I used yeah. to live. You know where the Cafe Ladro is, a couple blocks up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, I was literally so. right behind that. I would like walk okay, yeah. So you know, it, across the street, it's so. back that way. And, okay. Um, but the Rebecca Lodge is like the. Um, it was created as like a women's only lodge. Okay. Hmm. Like the Fraternal Order was, or the uh, the Kesslers and things like that. Um, there's a few other like dude dude lodges, you know, Masons and stuff. Um, this was <laughs> this was done as like the the girl. Sure. The girl version, basically. Yeah. Um, and so it's they generally house. prefer. 
Yeah, they generally <laughs> prefer to help. <laughs> right, right, exactly. They generally prefer to help, uh, pretty much almost exclusively help out uh, female-owned businesses. But uh, they, um, they're really good old friends, I think, with uh, with the owner of, of, of Evergreen Karate and um, who is is a, is a man. But uh, but they still. They allowed him to rent it out. I've always allowed him to do so, and he probably will continue to do so as we grow and open, as we open and grow. Um, because the it, even with COVID and th- there's a good amount of probably um, underst- like, uh, understandable and uh, fear of people going out and engaging in social activities and partic- you know especially in groups and in particular with grappling. But there's equally a um, especially with parents, I think. A, uh, they want their kids to be doing this stuff. The number of emails that I've yeah. received from parents who are like, "When are you going to open?" Everybody's you know, mad, it, man. Because I, I handle the, the emails for uh, uh, everyone for the karate and the jujitsu school. I, I, I handle all that oh, stuff, okay. and, and so I, I get a lot of emails for jujitsu, but I get an equal, if not a greater, number for karate. And they're like, "Oh, okay. are you doing it? You know, I'd love to sign up. Call me when you do in-person classes." And wow. I have like 30, like I, I probably have 30 people in the, waiting in the wings to do one or the other. And I could probably get them to all do jujitsu because honestly, most kids don't care once they come <laughs> yeah, in and yeah. like what all, all kids are. Most kids are nervous when they come in to do stuff because they don't know anybody and like they're doing stuff that's they're not used to doing. And then they get used to like the structure and they love it. Whether it's karate or jujitsu, I, I actually we all I think are much more proponents of, of jujitsu. That's partly why we do it, and not karate. But um, there's merits to both, and um, but the kids they just like the physical activity. I don't think they really you get them tumbling around, kicking and rolling, and doing front flips and jumping on each other. It's like yeah, and yeah. It, especially in a, in a year where no one can really do anything. Like no one, no one's going yeah. outside, you know, right. kids are living online and <laughs> yeah, th- there, there's so many problems with that, that we don't even understand half of them. And the ones we do understand, we don't understand very well. Um, it's like kids are doing pretty bad. I've received multiple emails of parents who are like, you know, I got to pull my kid from karate or jujitsu because they're, they're just not, they're, they're not handling COVID well. Like they're. You know, it's like it's heartbreaking. It's like half of me is like, you need to keep him in class because it's going to help keep him sane. But the other part of me is like, I, I'm not going to, you know, force these kids to do stuff when they're they're not doing well. You know, it's a, it's like right. it's a weird balance. But um, but yeah, it's tough. I mean, especially for the kids at a developmental age like that to be cut away from all uh, all your peers, like that's that like i say it's a developmental time so that will have repercussions throughout the rest of their adult life potentially it's, oh yeah yeah it's scary yeah i would have hated being a kid now yeah well dude when i was a kid since i'm an old fogey like literally uh just leave the house and i'll be back when it's dark mom okay bye <laughs> no cell yep. phones no none of that it's just go out in the world and experience things uh, and nobody does that anymore no, I think if you do that now, you get your kids taken from you. Yeah. I think that, yeah. It's, it's I think ridiculous. That, I think that's child abuse. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. That's, but I, I, I'm actually fairly certain that I've heard cases of 
stuff that would fall under the category of what you're describing yep. um, as being investigated by Child Protective Services. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. uh, which is uh, concerning to me because, you know, I'm obviously way younger than you, Dan. And um, way, way, way younger and significantly <laughs> younger. Um, Just a couple no years. <laughs> yeah, no one can tell in the audio, but I'm way, way younger. And uh, uh, so I grew up with technology that, you know, obviously you did not. But uh, my parents were the same way. They were like, get outside. We'll whistle. My stepdad's a really, really loud whistler. And he's, he's like, if you're not here in 10 minutes after the, the whistle, like, I'm coming to get you. And well, you don't I'm not going to whistle. You don't want that. Yeah. He's like, I, I'm going to find you. And... um you know, and it's like, well, I'll whistle for dinner. And then, you know, I just would leave with my friends and, or I'd go find friends and then, you know, wow. Um, yeah. And so it, it was never, uh, the, there wasn't really much hanging out in the house. What about you, Wang? Did you, hmm. your parents like that? Or no, you, my, uh, no, my parents were the exact opposite. <laughs> like, you stay inside, <laughs> you read your books, you study. And all I wanted to do, and I was very blessed because I grew up in a pretty safe area where, you know, I could, where the kids, my neighbors, um, they're the same age. We all went to the same school. We'd get yes. home and um, we would, you know, after picking out from the freezer, we would um, go outside, play baseball with a tennis ball, play basketball and play tennis because one of my neighbors had a tennis court in her backyard. Um, and I oh, do so that. You were living I, with the Richies, I see. No, yeah. they, they, they were, it was it was very middle class, but it was very safe. Um, uh, the one pe- with only the tennis- rich people have tennis courts. Only rich people have <laughs> yeah. tennis courts. Yeah, well, they were they have the biggest house. They have the biggest house in the neighborhood, so that's not a fair representation. Um, but uh, so we'd do that, and then when my parents, when I knew my parents would come home, I'd freaking just run home and pretend I was like working on homework or something, and then. <laughs> stuff like that right um they were very much the opposite they wanted me to be home read books all day and 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 they want nothing to do with sports yeah i mean they're from a different culture right um sure, yeah. so it's understandable but um they want nothing to do with sports they wanted me to just be a smart kid which you know <laughs> jokes on them right <laughs> <laughs> so no, are, you, are you first generation then want- yeah, I'm first generation. My parents immigrated gotcha. here from uh, Taiwan. Okay. Okay. And my grandparents are from China. So, okay. right. so yeah, I'm first generation here. And, you know, it's like the older I get, the more grateful I am that I that I had the childhood that I had, right? Even if I was unhappy during these times, right? Um, I had two parents um, stayed together. They always looked after me, you know. I, I was never food insecure, you know, stuff like that. You sure. know, I'm very, very blessed. You know, I can't even imagine now moving like me, you know, at their age, moving to a different country, learning a different language and starting yep. a business or trying to find work to buy a place and support a family. That's uh, that's that's beyond what I can do. You know, <laughs> for real, dude, I got mad respect for immigrants that come over and yeah. make it work. I I just cannot believe it. The more I think about it, you know, so, so yeah, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very, uh, I'm very lucky. I should say to, to, yeah, having a, uh, in particular, having two parents. Yeah. uh, It's a lot of structure and and consistency. Two parents at the same time. You're saying, I don't know about that. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's that's becoming that's becoming such a uh, such a foreign concept. Yeah, and it it's scary to me, especially as someone who deals with kids, right? To, right to see to see that like. You know, I grew up with a stepfather. My dad was out of the picture when I was pretty young. My, my mom actually left my dad when I was very, very young. I was like six months old. And, and um, my dad and I have a pretty good relationship. But I don't blame my mom in the slightest for leaving him. And neither does my right. dad, for that matter. He, he fucked up pretty bad. But, um, like, my stepdad and I have had our problems over the years. And just like just like you do with your parents, you know. Right. But yeah. I couldn't, like, he is integral to like my growth as a human even right, with our disagreements absolutely. and and things it's like having that structure of two parents like it is extremely important um he it, you know, he, he brought yeah. all of the things that my mom did not bring like my mom honestly I, I actually believe this had i been raised by just her i probably would have been she probably would have had me stay inside study that kind of thing. Yeah. And he, w- and he was the opposite. He basically told her, he's like, you need, oh, to sk- okay. your, you need to get your kid outside and he needs to go get bit by snakes and fall over and scuff yeah. his knees and eat, eat dirt and, you yeah. know, get beat up and, you know, learn how to like socialize in the world. And, and that actually was right for, for me. And, um, so I didn't have to rebel. Like you, you were saying you did, right? Like I didn't need yeah. to rebel because he, he basically yeah. did it for me. And I didn't even really know that he had right. basically told my mother, like, I'm not going to stand for this. Like, you know, yeah. this isn't how you raise a kid. You can't have, and then it's funny because I think my mom kind of resisted at first. And then I, and then you look at now and it's like, kids don't go outside at all. Not just because of COVID, but like generationally, like the current generation of kids, right. they don't go outside. There's no, there's no right. playing outside in the dirt. Like, and so it's like, they, they do with the, uh, do, the esports. Yeah, and it's like I can tell my mom like Curtis Curtis was right that one time, you know, like my stepdad was right because he he was good to tell me to go outside because it it kind of it allowed me to deal with difficult problems. Yeah, I uh, mean, and learn how to socialize. Right, and yeah, that's that's you know when I was a kid, you know, my idols were like Alex Rodriguez and like you know Sean Kemp and Gary Payton, right? And um, oh yeah, and now the you know legends. yeah, the idols here now are, you know, you got YouTube stars and stuff and and uh people who play video games and they're they're super entertaining, you know. They're super entertaining, so I don't blame the kids, you know. I can't even imagine growing up in this generation, you know. I probably adapt, but you know, it'd just be kind of weird. Well, I think we'll we'll yeah. find out in another twenty years, you know, when yeah. we're we're starting to see it a little bit as a uh, you know, especially Gen X is getting, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, millennials are getting older. Gen Z is starting to get into the adult workforce, and then kids now, whatever generation they're calling. That. I mean, but as they become adults, that's when we're seeing. We can see it in politics now. The you know the helicopter parenting and how that has led to the entitlements um, that people are trying to demand mm-hmm. without yeah. a clue really. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying they're not smart. They're they're super smart. Like they figured out how to do all this stuff on TikTok and stuff. And like I have a hard time with that, to be honest, with the video editing stuff. So, you yeah, know, they're pretty yeah, smart too. Not, so they are, and it's they're also they're, they're also the 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 two generations that are mainly dealing with most hands on with a uh, a Gutenberg style 
revolutionary technology. Absolutely. We don't, under, um, yeah. we, we don't understand the internet and social media and like it, I forget who said this, but I heard someone recently talk about how we may as a culture or as a peep, you know, as, as a species have created a dual reality, like a reality of the yeah. real world, like what, what actually happens and then a reality right. on social media. And they're like two oh. disparate worlds that are like oil and water. They don't mix because the things that you can do and say in social media, you can't do in the real world. Right. Like right. if a troll on social media trolled people in real life, they would probably actually get killed. Like legitimately. Yeah, they they, they would I, 100%. Or they, they would at least get beat up all the time. Yeah. Because yeah. – People are mean or they'd get arrested. Like, I mean, they're, they're just things you can't do. And the expectations are completely different, you know. And um, I'm interested to see, like, how we how as a culture we grapple with that um, as those kids grow up. And they like you were saying, Dan, the youngest generation now, as they go into the actual real world and they're like, wait a minute, this isn't like this is this isn't like Pinterest or uh you know, Facebook or Twitter or, you know, like I, I, you know, if, if, if I whine and complain about something stupid, I'm not going to get a huge amount of support. People are going to tell me to shut up and do my job. Mm -hmm. Like that's another big one is like, you can point an injustice out in the world and complain about it or whatever. And then get, it goes viral and you get 30,000 retweets and then you go and bitch about something at your work and your boss is like, shut the fuck up. Right. Go back, right. go back to work. Like, well, yeah. here's the thing, though. With <laughs> I agree with that, but we are seeing some crossover between the two oh, yeah. universes, uh, namely in the form of cancel culture. Sure. So, boss says, "Shut the fuck up!" And so, oh, well, now I'm just going to cancel you, and you know, do their best to do that on social media. Which, yeah, you see that bleeding from being canceled online to canceling in the real world, which is interesting. Exactly. Um, but. Uh, so I'm curious, this is a total subject change from uh, <laughs> from cancel culture. I'm curious, uh, Wanger, what's your, um, who's your jujitsu idol? Who do you, who do you like? <laughs> um, you know, my jujitsu idols are mainly MMA fighters, you know, and I think the reason is because I don't watch a whole lot of jujitsu tournaments. I see highlights of jujitsu tournaments and, um, when those fighters get signed by, you know, PFL or UFC or Bellator, I go and watch that, you know, because, yeah. cause you know, one, one thing I wanted to do when I joined jiu-jitsu was I wanted to learn how to defend myself, right. In a mm -hmm. real fight, I wanted to go into, you know, an area and be like, Hey, I can handle myself here, you know? Um, and so I'm, I'm always interested in how their jujitsu translates, um, in a real fight. So that's why most of my jujitsu idols are MMA fighters, you know? So I would say like Khabib, right? Prime example of someone that can wrestle everybody and submit everybody, but not get choked out in the process. Like a lot of wrestlers do, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of wrestlers that go for the takedown and just get, just get submitted, you know, but Habib, yeah. um, 
is one of those guys that just you, he knows too much. He's too good, um, <laughs> and he he's also a great submission artist. Um, I mean, of course, he sets it up with you know pounding people's faces in, but um, <laughs> he's, he's very good, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I there's a lot. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, Khabib is also just an all-around solid human being. Yeah. Particularly, yeah. he recently made a comment about, now that they're saying he's officially retired, even though it's been five yeah, or six months. Yeah. Um, but explaining the fact that it's really hard when you have money. I mean, he's a multimillionaire. When you have fame, he is world famous. You know, everybody wants to see him fight, but it was too hard on his mother. It's like, no, nah, I don't like yeah. seeing my mom go through that stress. So for my mom, right. he's, he steps away from all of that. That is difficult. That's that's mm-hmm. incredible. That's a, a, a yeah. good show of character right there. So. Yeah, I was going to say that's priorities yeah. right there. Exactly. That's the kind of role. Oh, that's yeah. the kind of role models you want to see is people who can do these kinds of things with integrity. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, that's. Uh, I like. That's one of the issues I've always had with Conor McGregor. Yep. Is that he's a he's a good showman, yeah, and he's entertaining to watch. But I I question sometimes when I see the decisions that he makes. I'm like, this isn't the kind of person that like I I look to, and I'm like, okay, I could model my you know self that like I'm Irish. I have a red beard. We're about the same height. We're both bald. Like we're similar, right? Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously, we're not. He's an elite level athlete, (laughs) but he's also he's also like just kind of a douche. And he like he carries yeah. himself with like an odd ethic. His like ethics are very questionable, and um, which isn't to say that they have to be perfect. Like I'm not suggesting that just because you're an elite yeah. level, famous fighter or something that you need to be this upstanding person. Like elite level athletes are humans too, but right. it's nice to see the ones that have that have like they're very secure in their morals. Right, those right. morals are very f- deep foundationally, and um, uh, hearing something like that about Khabib is kind of that reminds me of that. It's like okay, like this is someone who's got some principles that he's just unwilling to break. Like fuck what everyone thinks. My mom right. doesn't like it. I'm not doing. I'm not doing it. Like I don't. It's like right. that's that's the kind of thing you want to show your kids and be like, see, always love your mother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I, it's I think that's like the difference between a fighter and a warrior. You know, like Khabib yes. has yeah. the that, samurai yeah. spirit. He really right, does. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, That's old. School. No, very, true. no, very, right, very, very true. There's, uh, there's this uh, old idea. Um, etymologically, the word meek. We we always think of it as uh, meaning like someone who like sort of uh, is uh, almost cowardly. But uh, etymologically, over time, it's kind of morphed, and there's uses of it in the distant, distant past where it uh, broadly means something um, along the lines of uh, someone who knows how to use a sword, but keep decides to keep it sheathed. Yeah. Hmm. Right. And so like it's, it's more from that, but that uh, is one of the definitions of it a long, long, long time ago. And it's that, that harkens back to that samurai style, that warrior monk mentality of someone who is not only mastered themselves, but knows the right way to walk the path through the world, you know, or as, or as Jocko would say the way. (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. And, uh, but in order to do that, you need, you need to have a strong foundation, strong principles. Um, 
and stuff. Kind of like what you were saying with your with your parents, Wang, about having that that strong um, structure. That's what yeah, I think that's, is key. It's so it's so crazy how like you know I just you know one one if I was born into like the wrong family, I could have been just the worst human being on earth. You know, yep. I'm just. I'm just barely hanging on as it is with the right family, I mean, right? You, you, you st- <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, no, very, very, very true. Um, so, so you like Khabib. Yeah, there's, What's, you know, uh, there's. Yeah, would he be your I'm, number I'm, one or you got any other? Yeah. Other uh, Charles Oliveira. I'm, I'm very impressed, actually. I know it's primarily a striker, but I've always been impressed with Anthony Pettis. As a submission artist, um, oh yeah, do you guys, he's got sick. Yeah, I mean, he he's submitted, you know, number of black belts, including Gilbert Melendez, um, Michael Chiesa, um, Charles Oliveira, you know, which would would be one of my favorites. Uh, Benson Henderson, it's just, it's incredible what he's able to do, being primarily a Taekwondo guy. Yeah, you know. Um, and I obviously like Damian Maya. He also represents like what Khabib kind of represents, you know, that very, very old school, you know, type of respectable, respectable, um, he, you know, martial artist, you know. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the one thing I, I liked about him, the same as Khabib, is everyone knows what he's going to do. Everyone knows that he's not going to, you know, fall in love with his striking, you know. He, mm. they, they know he's going to he wants to submit you, you know? Yeah. And I, and the most impressive thing to me was when he went on that three fight, uh, winning streak. And I think he only threw a total of 12 punches, but submitted all, all his guys, all his opponents, you know, 12 punches. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, and submitted everybody. And that was very impressive. That reminds me of, uh, UFC one when, Hoist, I think Hoist um, just got through the tournament barely throwing a punch, right? Yep. He did that yeah. little step kick, takedown to full mount. You know, that's the first fight the guy tapped, right? That old um, school shit ass takedown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I know. That was still well, it was against a, a, a one glove boxer, right? Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. And then, you know, he won the whole tournament barely throwing any punches. And that's one of the most impressive things about grappling in general. Yep. And so I, I really enjoy that aspect of it, you know. Yeah, the, it's nice to to do something like I mean, injuries occur in jujitsu, but they yeah they're not as iterative as they are in like boxing, like other right. striking like, arts. Like, like me and you, or me and Dan, can go a hundred percent tournament style and come out just fine, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can't do that in kickboxing. <laughs> go, no. go, uh, competition style. You'll you'll get a concussion. You know. No, so, like right, very, very true. And so it's it's nice to. That's one of the things I've always liked about jujitsu in particular is that. Um, and I think it's one of the things that separates it, for good or better, or for worse, from other grappling arts like judo, wrestling, or sambo. Right. Um, all, all three are much more aggressive. And there's, right. like I said, there's good, there's goods and bads to that, right? Like, you watch some sambo guys, it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you, you you want a good self defense, you know, program, do competitive mm-hmm. sambo, because oh, they wow. like they they yeah. kick and they punch too, like it, it is it's brutal, but at the <laughs> same time, like it's brutal, like the the number of people who 
drop out of judo after a couple of years because they can't hack it competitively because they just get hurt is so, is very high it, because yeah. the th- like I don't know how I think probably I wouldn't be surprised if every single major judo competitor has broken a rib at least like once a year oh because of yeah, the, how violent slammed. their throws are yeah. yeah like how violent their throws are and it's like but also the you fuck with Travis Stevens on the street and yeah. his throws will probably just actually kill you. Like, I don't think right. on concrete. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't think that even like someone who, let's say like a, a thicker, like a much more muscular gentleman who maybe thinks he knows how to fight and is bigger than Travis Stevens as an example, like tries to fuck with him. He would still just throw him so hard. The guy might just melt it. He might just like break the concrete. Right. Like I've seen him, th- I've seen him throw Olympic level athletes that hard. And you're like, like judo's no joke, but yeah, yeah, you can't really. It's it's hard to hack that for the, your whole life, you know. Yeah. And I think that's really what separates, or at least the main thing for me is that um, I have no doubts that barring significant injury from either freak accidents in jujitsu or just bad training partners, I have no doubt that I'll be doing this forty years from now. Right. I and the thing is, I that's the goal. I've grappled since since you know since they let me grapple basically. And yeah. that's basically the only thing I like, to be honest. But um, <laughs> um, I've never been injured, you know. Yeah. Never so, been injured. Oh, geez. Good never job. Never been dude. injured, you know. Good and job. I, I like to keep it that way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. I did. I did I hurt my you. arm in Vegas once. But um, oh, yeah, I heard about that. that. Yeah. You know, I was rolling with a Tom Lawler, uh, yeah. former UFC fighter, and uh, Brian was recording it. But he was... Um, you know, he's a big guy, first of all. If he was the small guy, he would have kicked my butt, too. But I'm saying he's, you know, 220-plus pounds at the time, right? Maybe around that. Um, How much do you weigh? But right now, I'm overweight. Um, I'm still carrying holiday weight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I'm 199 now, you know. Okay. I'm about 10, 10 pounds over overweight and then i'm about you know 20 30 pounds over when i started (laughs) Um, (laughs) so so, um but at the time i was going with tom i was probably about 184 you know and um i mean none of this matters he would have kicked my butt regardless so he was just toying with me right i was going for takedown he was taking submissions and just letting him go because he was getting them pretty easily at the time. And so he got me an arm bar. I thought he was going to let it go, but he had wrist control and I was just going to hitchhike out of it because he was letting me go on everything. I hitchhiked and my arm just, he held on. (laughs) So my arm, he didn't pull, but he held the wrist control and my arm just hurt so bad, you know, and it's really, um, it's not broken or anything, but it's just never been the same. <laughs> so, but so if fun. I remember, if I remember correctly, um, and I'll ask Brian, but I think this is, I think this is the story that I heard because I heard a, okay. I heard a, a, a similar story, um, and it was that uh, you would, and Brian and some other people went to Vegas and to do some a few things for Brian's work. Right. But he knows Tom Lawler, so you guys will stop by to train. And well, just me and Brian, basically. Is that okay? Yeah. And yeah. he said that, um, you know, Filthy, which is Tom's nickname, I believe, yeah. had you in an arm bar and you weren't able to move. And he was just kind of sitting there and 
and then and then as Brian said, and then Wang just decided to bridge out of the armbar. Of course he fucked his arm up. <laughs> he was letting I was grappling in, you know, in accordance to the five other submissions he had gotten before that. But he just, you know, he'd get me in a in a guillotine, just let it go before I even tapped, right? He, sure. He'd get this and just let it go. You know, and I would just be like, Oh, okay. This how how he's gonna you know take that's how it's gonna go, but right, no, right, I right. did try to roll out. I did try to hitchhike out of that, which I will never do, you know, again. So, yeah, that's my yeah, biggest I mean, story. I would just try it with people who are smaller and less experienced and don't have risk control. Maybe maybe only yeah. try it with people who don't have risk control. I think that's probably your biggest problem. Then. Yeah, I tried. Um. <laughs> that was my biggest problem. You know, we were um, all hanging out you know, eating tacos, um, by the pool. And Bryce like, Hey, Tom says, you know, we can come to his class. And like, I'm like, okay, cool. And then everybody else is like, no, <laughs> they all stayed back and, and drank or whatever. But you know, I left with Brian. So, yeah, yeah. See, that sounds like fun. Why did you guys go to Vegas? I actually haven't been to the Vegas trip and it's uh, happened because- every year that I've been in the gym, I think. It's only happened twice. Is it twice? Um, okay. It's only twice. It was two years in a row. And um, and basically, Brian goes for his uh, – he has – you know, you'll be surprised. He has so many fans. Um, so many fans. Um, he so does. He's like, yes. a, he's like a star in Vegas for, for wrestling, right? So he, he has a website where all his fans actually get together and go down there for a trip and watch a show and – you know, party together and do a live podcast and all the members of his website go and stuff. And yeah. and one of our training partners, Dean found out, it's like, right, we're just going to crash it. Let's all go. So he got everybody, he got a lot of people to buy a ticket to Vegas and, and go. And we all hung out. It was a good time. So that's yeah, how it started. Like yeah. Weren't you, uh, I, I, th- I thought I saw a picture. Were you not a part of the, re- the, the wrestling show? I was, I was for a while, but I mean, it was very late. Brian, Brian's a night owl and I wake up at, yeah. I used to, I was waking up at like five that, you know, and I fell asleep a couple times. I remember we were supposed to review a movie and I just like 20, 30 minutes and I just fell asleep and Brian and his partner Vinny were taking pictures of me while I was asleep on his floor, you know? <laughs> so I think, I think that might've ended that. So, because so, when they were when we were reviewing the podcast, I had no idea what anything was or who you know what they yeah. were talking about. So wait, so did he what, actually uh, have you in the ring? Were you doing some wrestling stuff? I was in oh in the ring. I was in one of his shows in Vegas in the ring where um where I um I'm me and Tom Tom Lawler's um cornerman get into a fight and I jump over the railing and um I put him in a guillotine choke. <laughs> Uh, that guy would have kicked my butt. He, he's an MMA fighter. But uh, for the sake of the show, I kicked him in the stomach and put him in a guillotine choke. I think that's how it went down. Tom Lawler sees it. He's in the ring wrestling someone else. He sees this, grabs me by my ears, pulls me into the ring. <laughs> and then and then when before he starts to beat on me, Brian runs in there to rescue me and then slaps me and says, what the hell are you doing? So he slaps, and the And – 
And uh, someone has the video, but if you see the slap, it is he actually slapped me. It was so real because my sunglasses that I had on my hat at the time flew into the third row. He slapped me that hard. <laughs> and um, and the thing is, I didn't feel pain at the time because I was like so adrenaline, right? And I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm even here, right? And um. And then he, uh, then he sees Tom Lawler, and then kicks him in the face, and then we both leave, <laughs> you know. So, and then I remember in the cab, he was going over this with me, right? He was like, "No," and then I'm gonna super kick Lawler in the face. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> and then and then I like look down. I'm like, huh? I'm like, are you sure you can? do that i mean you're wearing jeans those are pretty tight he's like wang i've done this before i'm like oh, yeah, that's right. you're professional because <laughs> i'm like geez how do you you know his jeans right i'm like how are you gonna kick someone that high with jeans on you know and he's, he's like wang, I'm wang, I'm, yeah i know i'm like he's like wang i've done these things before i'm like oh wh- i forgot you know um why did he pick you to do this I don't know, because I was on his podcast and like um, people knew who I was from that, so that's probably why. That uh, makes sense. Tell yeah. me, uh, yeah, yeah, tell me a little bit more about the podcast you were on and why people well, knew you as a result. I don't know. He just thought I was a character, and he thought he should have me on, so he had me on a few times, and then um, he started having me on weekly to review this uh, WWE uh, Divas show. It's like a reality show with the uh with the divas it was pretty uninteresting to be honest and um (laughs) and um you know i the older i get the more skeptical i am of reality shows you know um so it's kind of you know (laughs) so it was a little bit uninteresting to me and um i don't know i think i just fell asleep one one too many times and, and that was it you know so you you no longer were asked to come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was asked to come on when I uh when I injured myself, my knee, like uh, that wasn't from jujitsu, that was just from falling. Um and that yeah. was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw so, one podcast you did. It was a Christmas oh, no. special. Oh yeah, I, I did the Christmas ones too. Okay. And that was hilarious because yeah. Brian Brian and Vinny um got you extremely drunk yeah you know i hadn't drank in like three years because i don't drink honestly i you know the only times i've ever drank actually in the last 10 years were with brian uh (laughs) you know i don't drink so you're saying he's a good influence yeah exactly you know in uh i drank in vegas didn't get drunk though um yeah uh, and then the other two times were on his christmas show Really, you know. Okay. So that was <laughs> why. Why? Uh, why don't you drink? What's wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I could say, oh, I'm responsible and blah blah blah, and I can have fun without drinking. But the truth is, I just don't like the taste um, yeah. with alcohol, and um, I've never liked the taste of alcohol ever. You know, I'd rather just drink a smoothie or a Coca Cola. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically why I don't drink. Sure, just a just a taste. Basically, that's a natural response. And, it's not good yeah. for you. Your yeah. tongue knows better. Like, don't put this in yeah. there. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. And um, and I I you know sometimes I, 
yeah, I don't like to have my I don't like to be held accountable for things like because when you drink it's you know it's not an excuse yeah. for doing or saying terrible things right so no that's true so I I don't you know that's part of the reason too but yeah sure I don't so. I don't drink much either so I understand I uh I, my girlfriend and I went to uh, uh, Chelan for the weekend a couple weekends ago, and All right. uh, we our parents have a place out there, and uh, we went to a cidery, and I had like two ciders, so like okay. two beer, two twelve ounces of cider, okay, and um, was just hammered, just hammered. It was like <laughs> it was like two in the afternoon, and I was just yeah. oh day drinking. <laughs> Everything's I, within I walking. I, yeah, so we actually we, we you know we we walked this the cider place is actually really close to where, where we uh, our places or her parents' places, and so we, we was we could walk. But like by the time we got home, I was like Jesus. I took a nap and woke up and was still a little like a little drunk, and I was like, Yeah, I, that's a not, gross not bad. Like, uh, I hate that waking up. Yeah, and it, it was weird. Bus. Yeah, and like <laughs> I, I. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like it. And like, since I don't drink much, whenever I do drink, I'll have like a drink or two, and it's like pfft, done. Yeah. I think uh, once or twice on the podcast, Dan and I, we've had, uh, or I, we, I think we, we've had drinks, and uh, yeah. we did it with Benjamin Boyce once, and I had, a, I, I got, I, I ref, I had a little glass of uh, tequila, and um, so I like straight tequila, and if if it's good, and I had like two glasses, so like two shots of tequila over like two hours, two and a half hours, and. I was drunk for the rest of the day, like not oh, like heavily drunk. Like well, I could, I could still yeah. walk and function, but yeah. I was like very buzzed for like four hours. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was just like, I'm just such a lightweight, you know, yeah. if we go out, we go out if, if, and when we decide to go out again, when we can for after COVID. Um, but when I, we used to go out on like date nights and stuff, like I'd have a beer and she'd have to drive home. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> like, if I have a drink, anyway. like you're driving, honey, like yeah. you're driving, honey. Like even if we're here for an hour, like I, I'm not going to, Nope. I just, yeah. I can't do it. Like it just hits me like immediate. And, um, whereas that was never the case when I was in my youth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, um, crazy shit. when I, when I was 21, you know, I didn't drink until, um, six months after I turned 21. And I think I had a really bad hangover and that just kind of was it for me. You know, I, uh, you know, so I late. Yeah, I, I know. I drank, and then uh, my friends, a huge group, they took me out, and they had me drink these Heinekens, I think, these pitchers, and uh, I kind of felt buzzed. I kind of liked how loose I was and how, you know, how fun I was being, you know, and how talkative and social I was, so I kept doing it and kept drinking, and then um, after I went home that day, you know, it was like I had trouble sleeping. I threw up. I lived in my parents' basement at the time, and I remember just freaking <laughs> taking a big diarrhea on the garbage can downstairs. And then, oh. and, then, and, then, and then, and then, uh, and then, and then it was like two a.m. And I took it out. Of course, I took it out to the garbage, the big garbage can, and then four a.m. rolls around. Same deal. You know, take oh out the garbage God. again, and then uh, I threw up one more time. And then the next morning, I just got up at eleven, and my friend called me, and we just sat at Costco and ate hot dogs. You know, and um, <laughs> and that Jesus. was like the, the worst experience. You know, and I just I never wanted to feel that way again. You know, 
Sure. Yeah. So <laughs> I was I, I was twelve. Oh wow, twelve. That's wow. Why so late? Yeah. That's very early. Why so late? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my mom listens to the podcast, so we're not going to talk anymore about that. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, um, I'm going home for the weekend uh, to see Where? my family for the first time in a year, um, and uh, Kelso Longview, and um, in Southern Washington. And so, uh, oh okay, she'll probably she'll probably listen to this. Oh like, no! Like after after I'm down, she might even listen to it while I'm there. And so, um, it's going to be fun when she's listening to me say this as I'm like sitting across from her, like. <laughs> <laughs> trying to ignore the ev- eventual question of when did you get drunk at 12 yeah. and why and how and, um, oh yeah. do you have something to tell me <laughs> <laughs> I have like seven things to tell you mom I don't you're not going to want to hear any of them so <laughs> oh that's awesome I, I might have I might have had a secret youth that you weren't aware of <laughs> but uh but yeah so yeah I totally understand I'm not a big drinker either and uh as I get older, the hangover. I never used to get hangovers, and then as I get older, oh. I I start to get them, and I don't even have like big hangovers. Like I'll wake up and be a little groggy, or like all the stomach ache, and um, usually I'm just dehydrated. Yeah, yeah. And that that's just a shitty feeling. Like right. sometimes I get dehydrated if like I'm just feeling under the weather, if I have too many carbs, and it's like the same feeling for me whether I drink oh. or okay. um, whether you know I've like sometimes I'll have like pizza, and then I'll wake up and feel like shit. And it's like the same feeling as if I have like a little bit too much whiskey or something. And oh, I feel well, like, it's like I don't. Hello. Hello. I'm still here. I think both froze okay. up. I can hear you guys. Can is you hear me? going to hop back on? How, how does this work? Does this, has this ever happened? Uh, maybe once before. Hello. I mean, it's, it's the connection. And I know that his internet is not the most fantastic. There he is. Oh, hey, hello. Back. Welcome back. Hello. I, I could I could hear both of you guys, but oh, okay. Uh, Welcome back to the could, Beyond Red and Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Where uh, did I cut out? Um, uh, you were about to uh, confess something to your mom, I believe, right before <laughs> you, you cut out. You said you were going to tell her seven things. No, no, no. I, I will not tell her seven things. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just mentioned that I. Uh, um, I never used to get hangovers, but now I get them, and oh, so right. it's like I—it's not even, uh, not even <laughs> worth it. I, oh yeah, they're, my hangovers aren't that bad, but uh, I just usually get like a headache, or um, usually I'm pretty dehydrated. That's the most things I just oh, wake up yeah. dehydrated. But um, it's like yeah. I don't like that feeling, so I don't drink much. Or if I do, it's earlier in the day, so I can drink a lot of water before I go to bed. Right, um, right. I had a similar yeah, experience. I, mean, I used to never get hangovers, and uh, then they started hitting in my thirties. It's like, what is this? This is yeah. no good. What is this? Yeah. What is this, this terrible is, thing they didn't teach me about in school? Well, and when I get a hangover, <laughs> I'm done till one or two in the afternoon. Like I'm in yeah. bed, maybe with a, a, a small garbage can next to the bed in case I got a hurl, but they're not functional whatsoever, and just, <laughs> yeah. that's no good. I've had yeah. one or two experiences similar. Usually I'm not in bed, but uh, I like I know a lot of people who I think it's common for like people to uh, when they get sick, they stay in bed, they sleep all day When they get hangovers. They stay in bed and they like when I'm sick, like I'm up. I just, I feel like crap, but I'm like awake. I get dressed. I do stuff. I, I can't be idle. And so when I'm hungover, like I'll just feel like crap and still be doing stuff. Um, 
and I, I've only ever been like comatose after a hangover one time. And it was the like it's the worst feeling I've ever probably ever it's felt. The worst. It, was, it um I went out, I think I, I think it might have been like on a fourth of July or something, and it was like on a Friday. And I don't think I got out of my recliner chair except to go to the bathroom and go to bed until Sunday. Like all of my Saturday was like in a recliner chair watching Netflix for like 17 hours. I don't even think I, 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 I don't even think I ate. I think I, if I remember correctly, I made like a, like a, a protein shake in the morning because I needed food and I immediately puked it up. So I just didn't eat for like 20, like 30 hours because I was like, I can't handle food. So I'm just going to sit here. And I was like 25, 23, I don't know, it, just for college. And, uh, I don't think that I've like I, I was like never again have I drank that much. I don't even remember how much I drank, but it's like nope, never doing that again. I've been drunk since then, but not to that extent. It's like nope, nope, yeah. nope. That's a legit hangover right there. That's wow. yeah, that's and, usually like, where I end up if I drink too much. So I just don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that shocked me because like I I'd never experienced it before. I don't I don't remember like drinking much more than I ever had prior to that in college, which is much more than I drink now by like a long shot but um it's scary to me when you think back of like how much you could drink in your 20s and you're like well, how did you not die yeah <laughs> it's like i drink that much now i get alcohol poisoning just full stop yeah, yeah. oh wow but yeah, yeah no it's i, I uh <laughs> well it's the kind of thing that, that, that i thought like messes with your schedule right like okay it's yeah. friday night i'm gonna party and then maybe i'll sleep in a little bit and i'll do something saturday afternoon no you won't no, Saturday's gone. No. <laughs> if you had shit to do, yep. it ain't getting done. Yeah. Yep. yep. You lose a day. Yep. Yep. No dice. I'm not trying to. Not, not, I just have no desire to do that anymore either. It's like I. I think in my twenties, I uh, in my teens, in my, you know, maybe at twelve, I I think um, a big part of me was. Con- like was nervous or concerned or didn't think that I could have fun. At like a social event without drinking. Sure. Yeah. Or with really more specifically without being drunk. Um, I think that might even be a common problem for people, but uh, um, I always felt that way. And I'm actually a fairly social individual. I'm, I'm very extroverted. Um, as much as I don't like people, like I have an extroverted type of personality. And so when I get comfortable and I'm around people, I tend to be the one who talks or tend to be one of one of the people who talks. And so it's, in, but I always felt like I needed to drink in order to like fit in because I've always been kind of an odd person. And so I never, I've ever felt like I fit in before. And, um, as I got older, I realized like I can have just as much fun being sober at a party and right. then I feel better tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, Which was like a revelation. It's like a, a revelation that you apparently I had it. People have it like their late twenties, and well, that's when I figured it out. And I was like, oh, I could have just like went through all of my teens and like college years. Like, it would have been just fine. Yeah, <laughs> you can have like yeah. you, you can have just as much fun, and then you can go to bed at nine thirty. You can, and which, um, which sounds way better to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the, when I didn't drink, and everybody else did, you know. They, they didn't really encourage me to drink much because they always had a driver, you know, so I could always drive yeah. them. There you so go. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I didn't know if they liked hanging out with me or they just needed a driver, but I was invited <laughs> to stuff. So, 
just being invited was cool. So, yeah. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. Have we uh, talked jujitsu at all this podcast? We have. <laughs> a little bit. We have. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. All right. All right, Thomas, what's, uh, what's your favorite submission? How about that? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> We're going to change the subject just like that. That's no, how we do it. Yeah. No segue. Okay. Uh, uh, it's gonna, It's definitely going to be the arm triangle from the top mount or side position. Yeah. The, you know, the you, head you arm. You would choose a... Yeah. You would... Okay, yeah. Head and arm. You would choose head a, arm. a terrible choke. Yeah, well, it's not terrible in the fact <laughs> That's that... That's not a terrible choke, Bo. In, in the fact that... In, I'll show you next top, time I see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Both of you stay is, the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the reason is, you know, if you don't get it, you're still in position. You're still in control. You're still on top. And the second is... Yeah. If you're in a street fight and you apply that choke, you're not going to hurt them permanently, really. You know, they're just going to go out and you can walk away or call the cops or whatever you want to do. Sure. You know, you know, if you if you're if you if you're only using an arm bar, like you're going to have to break someone's arm every time if they don't tap, you know, or or something else. Right. So I definitely yeah. like the head and arm choke from the top, either side or or mounted, you know. So yeah. Do you do you finish gonna, it mounted or would, will you? Uh, I I finish it. No, I I always finish it mounted, and that's because I just <laughs> I like to flex on people. I just like to say, hey, I don't need <laughs> I don't need a, I don't need that that leverage from the side. You know, I'll squeeze you from the so, mount. You know, yeah. So for you got those big yeah. giant say, pythons. Yeah. <laughs> so our uh, for our listeners who can't see, uh, Wang's very top heavy, so he's got big <laughs> shoulders, traps, and arms. And so your <laughs> head and arm chokes are terrible because your like your upper body's yeah. huge. And so right. there's and like it, there's like there's no space when you get it. Like you just squeeze right. the shit out of people. Yeah, and it sort of flux, but it's also been a detriment to my jujitsu development, to be honest with you. Being being um I wouldn't say strong, but stronger. Um, yeah. it's been a huge detriment, you know, cause I'm able to finish submissions without getting the technique correct, you know? And yeah. I think it works because people tap, but it really against someone who's defending correctly or has their, has some sort of space, like it, it won't work, you know? Um, no, so, very true, so yeah. it's, it's been a detriment and, um, I guess I find that, you know, Brian told me very early on, if you have to use your strength, you're not doing the choke correctly and that that's all that's true so i've tried to apply that you know um and what i do and so if i have to use my freaking you know strength you know i'm probably i probably don't have the technique correct because i remember brian was showing a triangle in class and i was a dummy and he um he didn't even have it locked he just had one leg over the bite over and i basically went out and um because it, it, he left no room the the squeeze yeah. was so tight you know and so and so yeah if you're using strength you know and you're 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 me you know you're not doing it correct so it's been sort of a detriment to my jujitsu and i've what? done basically nothing to correct it but yeah <laughs> well, the, fact that you're, the fact that you're aware of it is the first step um, yeah, <laughs> and, and you can work on that because I, th I think you're absolutely right. There's a lot of guys yeah. that if they're big and strong, 
they have a really sloppy technique and they can kind of get away with it until they get another big strong guy, which kind of cancels out their strength advantage. And then it's just kind of, or you get someone who's super, super squirrely. Right. And work their way through those submissions. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm definitely, you know, you know, the whole, the whole reason, you know, I wanted to be able to win, you know, I wanted to be able to defend myself, right? That's why I joined, right? And I felt like I've, I've since I felt like I've gotten to that level, it's like you know, it's like you know, whatever now, <laughs> almost right. It's well, like I, uh, I want to learn new stuff, but you know, at the same time, I already I I can defend myself, you know, in a grocery store if I needed to. Right. Well, I think it, it says a lot that you stuck with it. Even so, because that's the, at least a chunk of what is often called the blue belt blues. People think, oh, oh I definitely, oh my god, I definitely got the blue belt blues. Yeah, that is, that was, that was like my whole blue belt basically. <laughs> like five years, I had the blues. But you stuck with so, it. That's just a yeah. lot of yeah. people quit, and you stuck with it. So that's, that's I huge. never felt. I only stuck with it because my pride. I didn't want to be that blue belt quitter that everyone talks about. So Good. I didn't want to be that guy, so yeah. I stuck with it. And now bl- purple belt is a new blue belt. And now I can't quit now, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> On a mission you for the black are, belt. You are officially the first jujitsu guest that we've had that has admitted to having the blue belt blues. Oh really? Oh no! True. I yes. so it's yeah. like everything. It's like I got white belt blues. I'm four stripe white belt. <laughs> so I mean, some guy, some new guy walks in. I feel pretty good about myself rolling with everybody. You know, people who are beating me are supposed to beat me, and I can kind of defend. Uh, new new guy walks in a week of jujitsu, and I'm having a really tough time with him. That's a bad bad day for me. That hurts me. You know, and it, I, I need to work on my ego and, and all that. Right. You're supposed to leave it at the door. And um, I've had a real struggle with that, you know, um, since basically since I started, you know, yeah. even even now, you know, like. It, it's difficult, right? Um, Absolutely. Especially especially, you know, I'm a blue belt now. I know things aren't supposed to change overnight, you know. Um, after you get your blue belt, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just a weird feeling. It's like you go in there. You're a purple belt, not a blue belt. Yeah. I'm a purple belt now. Yeah. I think he was referring to at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, When I was a blue belt, it's like, just like super, just every day was, was almost a bad day. You know, I don't know. I just felt like I'm yeah. supposed to submit people now. I'm supposed to do this, but in reality, you know, just just compete with yourself and just try to get better yourself, you know. But right. I didn't ha- I didn't have a great mentality, and I, I still don't. And I still have to work on these things, um, you know. And sometimes I, you know, as you guys probably know, you know. I don't submit people that often. And when I see an opening, I, I go, I try to go, I go full speed into it because I'm like, this is the only opportunity I'm going to have for the next month. So I better apply this. Right. You know, so I better get this. So I go full speed and sometimes it's a little rough and you know, it's not good, (laughs) you know, but um, I I am the, uh, I am the, uh, a recipient of exactly what you just explained. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you are. And I, you know, it's not, it's not good. I'm like, Oh, 
I'm like, I I haven't seen someone, I haven't seen this arm dangle like this in probably four months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna grab it and throw my leg over, you know? And it's like, oh my god, I think I made a may have done that a little too hard or rough or something and it just doesn't it's not it's not great see that's that's what i'm struggling with you know not not to you know that's you know i definitely got the blue belt blues you know it's definitely a thing and i definitely have the purple belt blues you know it's just we know uh, it's uh we know we need to work on for you when we come back to the gym you know, yeah, you need to work on my mind. That's something you yeah. need to work on, you know. Um, but I'm getting better at, you know, right now. Um, I'm getting better. It's just that, you know, people like uh, people who are obsessed with jujitsu, they're going to be better than me. They just are, you know. They're the ones that are studying, writing notes, watching videos all the time and training mm-hmm. a lot you know they're they're just going to be better than me even if they're a white belt or, or blue belt you know they just are because i basically am a am a one or two trick pony you know and if those don't work then you know i'm i'm scrambling <laughs> <laughs> right so that's normal though i mean it, yeah anytime you get somebody who's truly dedicated and they're doing two a days and stuff like that they're you know yeah. you're gonna get passed up i've been passed up it's Say how much time have you put in? Somebody puts a lot right, more time in right. than I do. Of course, they're going to be better. But, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, especially when I was uh, going for my purple belt, I was putting in a lot more time because I was supposed to. Um, and then I finally got it. But you know, um, um, but yeah, but yeah, like uh, you know, the new kid Tyler, right? Yeah. He, uh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. He like he he studies. He. Um, he does all that, you know, he's, he's, he knows more submissions than I do, you know, <laughs> he definitely knows more, more submissions than I do. I mean, he led a leg lock or, you know, class, you know, after he attended a seminar. So, yeah, and he was pretty good at that. He had written down notes and stuff. That's something I've never done in my life, which you just do. I think he he's also a lot younger too, well, which helps. He's tw- yeah. He's 25. He, yeah. He was uh, quite young at the time. Yeah, yeah. He's athletic. He's in great shape. Like, actually, that's yeah, that's, that's a really thing. good example of uh, yeah. Tyler's probably gonna pass some folks up, and that's okay. Yeah, no, he's yeah. young, athletic, very good shape. Right, right, and driven. You know, he's driven and has a little bit of he's, time. To he's do got the singular focus of jujitsu, and yeah. it really, really helps. You know, when you're not thinking about you know a million things, right? Which so, is yeah. a whole lot easier to do in your twenties. Oh yeah, then <laughs> yeah. The, this is right? real yeah. life here. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. If you're not trying exactly. to be competitive, I, uh, we got other shit to do. No, mm-hmm. very true. I um, I've been going through the last few days finalizing the the schedule for jujitsu for when we open, and yeah. um, I find my I found myself repeatedly like getting caught up as I'm like working the schedule out, texting other instructors, people who are teaching and stuff, and texting the owner. I find myself getting caught up and I'm like, oh, we could have a class here and a class here and a class here. And then I can just do jujitsu from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. six days a week. It'd be great. (laughs) And then I'm like, piece of cake. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, I live with a spouse. Like, I can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I love my girlfriend very, very much. 
and I want to see her a lot. But there are times like you just get caught up in like my I get caught up in my love for jujitsu, and I'm like, oh, I'd love to just come in, teach a couple classes with the kids, roll a bit, learn a class from you know a brown or a black belt, and then roll for two hours, and then do that five days a week, and then on the weekends I can recover and do some. I don't really compete much, but I just like jujitsu, so I want to do it, and I can start doing six a.m. classes with Wang, and then I'm like. <laughs> And then I'll see my girlfriend on Sunday nights for dinner. <laughs> it's like, that's not going to work. Like I'm not yeah. going to have a girlfriend after like three, after like a month of that, she's just going to leave right. me. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I guess I'm going to take, you know, 80% of the jujitsu classes I just scheduled off because. <laughs> yeah. Has she, uh, has she tried any classes herself? Uh, no, I've been trying to get her to for five years. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, I, it's not really her thing. Um, yeah. I, I would like her to. I would love for her to learn the self-defense aspect. And I should think that she uh, she's competitive. And so I think she would uh, like it from the competitive standpoint. Um, but uh, would no, she be not, more not comfortable really. with uh, with more women to train with? She would be more inclined to try it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if she w- I still I don't think she would. Okay. Even if there um, there were more women, yeah, it's yeah, it's just that sort of thing's not her 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 deal, which is is totally fine. But she also doesn't want to uh, um, train with me and have us do the things that we do in jujitsu with her spouse. She 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 doesn't feel she thinks it'd be odd to basically go to the gym and choke each other. Sure. Yeah. She's like, that's, that's, she's like, that's not something I'm trying to like introduce into our relationship. <laughs> and, it's like, and I'm like, why not? Like, that's, that sounds like a lot of fun. Like it's jujitsu. That's what we do. Like some of my favorite people I choke all the time. Like, <laughs> and I love you. So like, why can't we do this? <laughs> oh, Hey guys, I got a, a UPS package. I need to sign for coming up. I'll be right back. Okay. No I'll talk with Bo. Hey, Bo. So, how have you been doing? How have you been doing during the? Hey, how have you been doing during the pandemic? Um, really well. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm embarrassed to say because so many people are suffering, and so many yeah, people are, you know, yeah. are doing this. But honestly, being home and not having to go places and um, door dashing and you know just you know and still being able to have a job, you know. Most important, still being able to earn money um, when so many people are just suffering. It's just incredible. I feel incredibly lucky, you know, in that sense. No. Um, Yeah, I know. That's that's super nice. I um, I I feel bad sometimes, too, because I I've been doing fairly. I've been doing well, considering. Right. um, And it's it hasn't like sometimes I get a little cooped up, but it hasn't really bothered me. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, a lot of people are the anxiety and depression and stuff is, is like oh, yeah. a lot. There, there's so many um, effects that I don't get because I'm, you know, I'm pretty mentally stable, you know. Um, yeah. And that fact where I don't get anxiety, I don't I have depression, I don't have all that. That's another thing I'm also yeah. grateful for is I don't have all these things and I don't even have a <clears throat> a, a need to travel you know, like a lot of people. Yeah. Right. And so for me, it's been just awesome, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm a, I'm a homebody. I don't mind yeah. Yeah. staying in. And I mean, you have your little gym at home so you can work out, which is nice. Yeah. And I've you been going your... to the gym, but right. well, I go to the gym. I've been going to the gym right. by myself. And so, um, that I think that's been integral is just staying active, but yeah, uh, which staying a lot of people don't, they don't do whether they can or not. 
which is unfortunate because, you know, one of the big things you know, we've seen a rise in anxiety and depression because oh, of yeah. COVID. Yeah. And it's like, th- there's an argument to be made that maybe Jim should have been kept open in order right. to alleviate the, the stresses that people feel, even though there's a risk of getting COVID right. because like, we're not going to find out the downstream effects of this, but for a while, but for a while, um, and maybe exactly. five for maybe five years, but I would not be shocked if, you know, the number of people we've lost as a result of the lockdown, you know, right. from anxiety, depression, suicide, yeah. um, other things, domestic violence, what have you, um, is equal to or greater than the number of people we would have lost from COVID had we stayed open right? with things right. like gyms and stuff. You know, a lot of people to still get out and exercise. Um, I'd be curious. I don't know when that data would be able to be done or if it's able to, but I, I would not be surprised if um, that wasn't, if, if the numbers didn't bear out, some, at least equal, where like you would have, the actual losses would have been similar. Right, um, right. Because there's been, a, you know, by almost every metric, negative metric, like these things are up. Anxiety, depression, oh, yeah. alcoholism, domestic abuse, suicide, murder, like they're all up. Right. And right. Um, yeah, it's like, that's, that's a bummer. That's such yeah, a bummer, this whole it, thing. It is. And it's like, you know, it. sure you saved how many, you probably saved a good number of lives by a lockdown. And it's like, I don't, I, I understand that. And yeah. Um, well, the way it was so quickly politicized, I think literally cost oh, yeah. lives yeah. um, yes 100% if, if there was a more reasonable truly scientific approach to get the economy up and running as quickly and safely as possible rather than you know if you're not wearing a mask you're a trumper uh and if you are wearing a mask then you're just sheep for the government doing what you're told like no that's not what's going on here both of those things could be true, but there also is like many. I don't like wearing masks, and I sure as fuck didn't vote for Trump. So I, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I wear one because you know I'm not trying to. Walk, now we have to, but before the mandate, I wasn't trying to like walk into the store and deal with an altercation. Well, yeah, that, I mean, oh, yeah. again, it's back to the science. You're indoors, right? Low air volume, a yeah. lot of people. You should wear a mask. But you see people getting all freaked out if you're outside by yourself, not wearing a mask, and they give you the stink eye. It's like. What is your problem? This is they got UV rays shining on me, killing the virus. I got an enormous air volume, and you're way the hell over there. Nobody's so, getting yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah. No, no, very yeah. true. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the lockdown's been been fine for me, and I'm I'm embarrassed to say that just because I know that most people are not doing fine. You know. Yeah. And well, I'm if it makes you feel any that. better. Uh, like my, my actual lifestyle changed very little. I'm kind of a hermit. Okay. So I'm with you. It, okay. it lockdown itself. I mean, other than the economics of it, which has been pretty challenging, but, uh, yeah, the lockdown yeah. itself for me, wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like going yeah, out to eat three but, hermits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like going out. I really do, but I'm fine with staying in. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love going out, but staying in is fine for me you know yeah we used to go out quite a bit or we got like usually we'd have date night once a week yeah and we'd go out and get something but yeah um, like i'm a social hazard because all i eat is meat so oh okay like yeah when we go out it's like <laughs> i'll take the meat option 
at the bar. Yeah. Like, I don't even, it's like, give me whatever <laughs> option is only meat. I don't even <laughs> care what it is. Yeah. And if we like go out and hang out with friends, which we haven't done in a while, but it, um, it's like, we have dinner with my, my girlfriend's parents or whatever. It's like, you know, what do you, what do you want for dinner? And I'm like, steak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you want That's with it? it? No, More uh, steak. Yeah. It's like, I would like a s- extra side of steak. It's like <laughs> my two steaks, <laughs> but they can be different. So I have, you know, there's some variants. Yeah. It's like I don't really like chicken. <laughs> so wash it down with like a, a steak smoothie. Yeah. It's like a running <laughs> joke. It's like, you know, we're, we're going to get together and socialize and have dinner um, there's going to be a little bit of chicken, but you can bring a steak if you'd like. And so like, I, yeah. I just bring a steak and it, that's what I eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really care. Like I will bring a steak with me at every social gathering I go to just for the rest steak of my on life. A T-bone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whatever. It's like, turn your oven on so I can broil it. Give me a skillet. Or if you have a grill, yeah. that's great. But this is what I'm going to eat. I don't, yeah. I'm sure your salad looks great, but I don't yeah. eat rabbit food. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you mess with uh, like bison and uh, venison stuff like that? Uh, yeah, uh, I do a little bit of ground bison. Um, mostly, I do it when it's on sale, just because it's like three dollars a pound more than yeah. regular beef. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't really go to the butcher, uh, the butcher shop shops in the area, uh, so I haven't had venison in a while. My parents, uh, they, they may still have some venison from the last time they went hunting. So I may take some because I, I actually grew up on venison uh, mm. and uh, my my family's have been hunters for a long time. And so um, I actually don't know if I, I I'm sure I did, but I don't really have any recollection as a kid of having um, non game meat. Mm. I, I, like my, my most vivid memory of the first memory I have of eating meat that was purchased from like a store, like at a Safeway or something or from like a, a um a, f- a big food company, you know, that like you buy mm-hmm. bulk foods for like, uh, um, schools and stuff like that. Um, Albertsons or whatever, like their, uh, bulk food thing was, uh, in college and it was horrible. I, mm-hmm. I don't mind it now. Like I just go to the local QFC and buy meat or whatever. But um, I remember at the time, cause I was so used to game meat, like sure. fresh, yeah. you know, from yeah. the woods to my, you know, <laughs> from the woods to my table. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the vet deer venison is a little bit different than, you know, cow beef. It has a different yeah. taste to it, too. The, and it's acquired taste. Not everyone likes it. I yeah. mean, elk in particular. But um, I do like it. Uh, I eat fattier cuts than most of the cuts we used to eat when I was younger. It was a lot more lean meats, a lot more of the lean hmm. meat back in the day. But uh, um, also because deer and elk are fairly lean creatures, so they don't have a lot of – there's not a lot of fat on them. Right. But uh, – but yeah, Fat I'm always don't make it. <laughs> they really don't. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm game for any kind of bison, buffalo, deer, elk, cow, yeah. some pork, mostly bacon, um, like and ham. ham. I don't really like Love ham. I like ham. Yeah, ham's good. Uh, I don't like. Uh, I haven't figured out personally how to properly make. Um, what is it? Um, pork belly. To, Ooh, to like, that's good. To properly that. cook, to like properly cook pork belly. Like I, I always screw it up and then it tastes bad. So I don't eat it, but I've seen, I've had, I've had it before. Like pork belly tacos are delicious. I can't oh, figure yeah. out how to make pork belly tacos. Right. So I tried hmm. it once and it was horrible and it gave me a stomach <laughs> ache. So, 
Um, yeah. I think it's because I bought salted pork belly, not unsalted. Oh. So there was like a, a crap. There's like a lot of sodium in pork in salted pork belly. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, pork's not my thing. I I, I can't stand pork ribs. Um, yeah. They make me. They make, give me a stomach ache mm. every time I've had them. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh, wow. uh, pulled pork's okay. Like I like the seasoning, but I don't have it that much. Mostly it's just uh, um, ruminants, so cow, mm-hmm. and then uh, your game meats, if, if right. I get a chance to. But it's been exclusively bison and very rarely. Um, though, like I said, there's supposed to be a, a butcher coming to uh, Bothell. Oh, okay. In, 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 in April, and so, um, which is closer than most of the other uh, butchers in the area. And so uh, that'll be nice. And I've, I've been kind of wary to go outside. I don't go to stores that often. I've been trying to be careful with COVID. And so like we've almost exclusively done like one store run a week for the last year. That's sometimes yeah, that's, we, sometimes we do two. I've done all of them, but sometimes it's two, but um, so I usually haven't gone to uh, they just, I, I just haven't felt it necessary to go to the butcher as well. And my, I have a small freezer, so like I can probably fit 30 pounds of meat in it, mm-hmm. which is like, um, probably like three weeks of meat for me but hmm. then there would literally be nothing else in the freezer right. so there'd be no ice cubes and and stuff that my girlfriend eats and so it's like in most butchers that's what they sell it it's cheaper in bulk and so like i'm like looking at their prices and i'm like i want to buy a qu- half a cow because it's like five dollars a pound for half right. of a cow it's like yeah. i want t-bone steaks at five dollars a pound but i also don't want to go buy a a freezer, a, fr- a freezer that holds 400 pounds of meat, yeah. you know, yeah. but I'm also the one who like, if I had a house, like I would buy a freezer, I would have like build a walk-in freezer and just buy a cow. <laughs> yeah, That's what, yeah. I would do that. Like I'd buy two cows a year, one cow a year or whatever. And like, there's this big thing about, uh, you know, how bad meat it, meat eaters are for like the environment because cows burp a lot. And, um, but regenerative farming Basically, you just let cows graze on grass and you don't hold them in pens and feed them yeah. corn syrup. And yeah. it, which is, is a, is a whole host of problems and is a low quality life for cows. So I don't want to get started on that shit. But um, studies suggest that just allowing cows to burp a bunch and then eat grass and then allow like the natural ecosystem to take care of itself basically then negates all the carbon footprint that eating meat does. And so I, I would like to, for all the people out there who are like, you can't eat, you shouldn't eat meat because it ruins the country, ruins the, uh, the world. It's like, well, if I just like buy one whole cow, the amount of emissions that one cow on a regenerative farm would emit over the course of its life is basically negligible. So I could then right. just basically say I have no carbon footprint and I eat meat. <laughs> yeah. Dude, 100%. And from what I understand, meaning what I've heard secondhand, is – the, the the thought that uh, methane cow farts are what's fucking up the atmosphere is very, very, very overblown because they recently, yes. I believe it was satellite imagery, um, but they were able to detect where the concentrated forms of methane were coming from. Um, and it was mostly landfills. Yeah. That was the, the big, big standout problem was landfills, not cow pastures. So. Well, I also think too, like, the CO2 emissions that we're dealing with as a world globally is a problem. And to point at meat eaters in like the U.S. and say, you guys are the problem. It's like, no, 
Doesn't China account for like 30% of all CO2 emissions? Yeah. Like they're huge. They're like one and a half billion people. But it's like, I don't know, maybe you start there. Yep. Like I, I, sorry, like I, I don't think that, you know, pointing a finger at old carnivore Bo is going to like solve the problems that you're complaining about. <laughs> Bo, it's your fault. <laughs> you know, for, for every pound of meat I eat, like most people drive like 50 miles a day to go to work. And I put on like 3000 miles a year on my car. So like, let's, yeah, oh, I, wow. I, I barely drive. I live half a mile from the gym. So it's like, I don't, which is my job. So I don't, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of those trade-offs where I hear these arguments and I'm like, there's some merit to that, to, to, to a lot of these things, but they're, they make them single variate. They're not univariate problems. There's wow. 500 reasons why, our ozone's all fucked up and we have greenhouse right. issues. Well, and the, the things that are the biggest problems are either a very, very tough to solve like transportation. Right. And I'm talking yeah. like trucks, planes, we don't have any electric planes that are going to carry cargo, things like that. Uh, and there's so much money to be made on the problem. Uh, me just leaving it the way it is. And also a lack of answers. As well, if you're not going to use fossil fuels, then what? that mm -hmm. people don't even talk about it that much. Whereas that should be the sole focus because it's the biggest contributor to the problem. But we're going to worry about Bo who likes to eat cow. <laughs> Stuff makes sense. Right. Bring it on, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Coming after you. Can I, can I, can I say that on, on air? Is that funny? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Your mom, mom might be like listening. <laughs> No, she'll she'll be fine with that one. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, mom. <laughs> All right, All boys, right. we are at uh, we're at two hours. Why? Yes, are we, we are. Okay, yeah. goes yeah. All right. That was quick. It does. Um, All right. So one last question before we uh, we kick you out of here, Wang. <laughs> Hickson or Hodger? Who are they? What? Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. Um, I'm just kidding. Thank Be you, every, thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 31. <laughs> no, give me, give me yes, I hope you guys beautiful. learned some great things about jujitsu. <laughs> they call me this the episode is going to be. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus no, um, well, obviously, it, it's Hickson, right? Hickson, right? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> I... <laughs> don't worry, man. I agree with you. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's Hickson. Listen, I don't know a whole lot about the Gracies, to be honest with you. I know Hoist Gracie because he fought in the UFC, and I know Hickson Gracie because he's regarded as one of the best uh, jiu-jitsu players of all time. Um, he developed the breathing technique. He's the one that imparted the stretching and the yoga and all this other stuff that you need to do well. And um, obviously, he's, you know, he's one of the, he's the best of all time. Um, you know, the only Gracie I really pay attention to, honestly, and this is embarrassing, is Henner Gracie. Um, just because I like his 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 teaching technique is something that just sticks with me, you know. I just watch his yeah. videos. I know a lot of people don't like this his whole system, but I watch something of his and I try it out and it and it works. And he explains it in a way that's gonna make me remember it. 
Um, mm-hmm. So honestly, that's the only Gracie I, I follow a lot sure. because everything when because you know when you watch a breakdown you see someone you know just going and okay this is where we're at you know but he gets me from the very first sentence you know um that's very captivating and then i learn you know so his uh his what his my favorite one you know and i know he's not some big huge competitor right now or anything but um that's where i'm at Oh, he's still an icon in the field. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. Right. Enter. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's so. funny because I, uh, so I think it's Hodger over Hickson personally. Is he is he in Bellator? Is he a Bellator fighter? I don't know if he does anything anymore. Oh, but, okay. Uh, Why I, I I think that I after watching what he's done to the rest of the jujitsu community. It, I, I just, I, I think that he would, even with Hickson in his prime, I think that he would still win. Really, I would, he, I would uh, take is, that bet. However much you wanted to bet, I would take that bet, and I would, yeah, I would put and it on I, really. I'm, you know, I'm fine. <clears throat> I'm, of course, I'm fine to be wrong, of course, but I, uh, I think that, yeah, I, I just think that he would take him. I, I, there's just something about the. They they have similar styles, I think. Um, yeah, are they, is it, that basic? in their simplicity? In their, yeah, in their simplicity. That's what I mean. Okay. But yeah, um, I think the other thing that Hodger has on Hickson is he's got like thirty pounds and about yeah. six inches. True. And and I think that that reach would give him an edge. I, I really do. I, I think that I, I think that the because he's six three, six four, and Hickson's five ten, maybe. Yep. Jamie, pull it up. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I've always wanted to say that. But, <laughs> okay, but, go ahead. And I, I think that um, that would uh, as athletic as Hickson was, and I, I, I think that he could take him. Yeah. And yeah. interestingly, I actually like Heron better than I like Henner. Really? Too. So. Huh. Yeah. I like I like them both. I like Henner more though. So. <laughs> I think Heron's a little I bit prefer, more chill. I, I, I could see you yeah. liking him a little bit. Yeah, I want, the, I want Henner's energy. I want that Henergy, Henergy? as you said. Yep. And see, you know. <laughs> and see like, I'm I'm a high-energy person. So, like, yeah. there's only room in my life for one of those people, <laughs> and that's one. me. So your girlfriend's pretty <laughs> yeah, chill. Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Part of the reason we have this podcast is because I can only have this conversations with my girlfriend for like 10 minutes before she gets tired. And she's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, as we have the, as we have in-depth conversations, I get more energized yeah. and I get more excited yeah. and I get yeah. louder and I talk more and I'm like, let's talk more about crazy shit. Yeah. And she's like, leave me alone. I need a nap and a drink. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and it's so it's, yeah, we're, we're like complete opposites in that, yeah. in, in that regard. And so, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I I, I like uh, I like Henner or sorry, Heron's, um I like his calmer approach to yeah. He is things. very calm. He's a lot calmer. Um, yeah, Henner's just he's too he seems too manic to me sometimes. He's just yeah. like he's so energetic. I'm just like, dude, just take a breath. His uh, like, I love yeah. jujitsu too, but he loves it. yeah. He loves teaching like, it. He does. Yeah. Yeah. It's infectious. It really yeah. is. Um, but yeah. All right. Well. uh I think that's uh, it's about, about all. Okay. Yeah, it's about all the energy I have left. Uh, <laughs> hey, thank you yeah. both for having me. Um, oh, on. of course. Yeah. Uh, when is this being released? This was a lot of fun. 
Friday at noon. Friday. Friday at noon. Everybody tune into the Beyond Red and Blue podcast. Absolutely. It's free. <laughs> I was going to say it's only on pay-per-view, but it's free. So. It's, yeah, no, we're not even I, doing I would love to get to a, No, I'd love to get to a point to where we, uh, we're charging, but I... Yeah. Or I mean, at, I, least, uh, at least sponsors. Yeah, like I, I don't. If we never made money on it, it wouldn't matter to me. I, yeah, yeah, that's true. I this like, is I like fun. Talking, I like, yeah, I like talking about ideas and talking to people that I find interesting. So yeah, yeah, get some of that fat cool. score space money. <laughs> yeah, right. right exactly. <laughs> All right, everybody. All right. Thank you for joining hey, us on episode for thirty-one. On. And thank you, Wang, for uh, spending the time. I everyone have a good rest of the morning, afternoon, or evening. Take Thank care, you, everybody. YouTube. Bo. Take care, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. See you, buddy.